Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster my and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Sarah Hendy and on the programme this week, we'll be finding out more about this weekend's swing dancing workshops and of course the taster session that Swing in the Isle are running this evening. And we speak to Maurice Powell, the conductor, and Charles Gard, the patron of the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra, about their upcoming gala concert. Email me via spotlight at manxradio.com if you have any creative happenings you'd like to tell us about, and you'll find links, listen again, and our podcast on the Manx Radio website. First this afternoon, we're joined by Charles Gard, the patron of the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra, and their conductor, Maurice Powell. Charles Gard, as patron of the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra, you must be really pleased to have your own spot in their gala (laughs) concert coming up on the 2nd of December. Absolutely, it's quite a privilege. I was very flattered when they commissioned me to write this work um, and I chose to do a work where the narrator is speaking all the way through with the orchestra. I had done Peter and the Wolf with them some years ago, which I really enjoyed, but uh, I just say a few words and then the orchestra play a lot. This one is something of a challenge, certainly for the technicians at the villa, because my voice has to be heard over the orchestra all the way through, who eventually became Bishop of the Isle of Man sometime in the 5th century was actually a robber baron, a really nasty man in Northern Ireland. And this legend has come from a biography of the great St. Patrick that was written by monks in Armagh uh, centuries after he was there. Uh, This robber baron tried to trick Patrick, and the story is is how that happens. And he failed, because St. Patrick, of course, knew exactly what was happening. He put him in a coracle with his hands and feet bound and said, you will now go where God wills you. And after a very stormy journey on the Irish Sea, he ended up at Mackled Head. And we're talking about the 5th century then. And he was rescued by the monks in the monastery up there and he was converted to Christianity and eventually became the bishop. But the details of the story are really amusing. I won't go into them now because uh, it'll spoil it for the actual performance. That was sort of Celtic times on the Isle of Man. Can we expect any influences of that that sort of style of native music? Um, That's a very good question, and the answer is no. Um, There is a a famous piece called St Patrick's Breastplate. I quote a little bit from that. But no, I haven't gone into uh, the the early Celtic music. I mean, we don't know what sort of music. This is pre-Viking uh, to be honest, we don't know what sort of music was around there. I have used the full forces of the full symphony orchestra and, and had a ball, so I, I hope they like it. Um, they are rehearsing it at the moment, so uh, we'll see. I mean, it's no mean feat to con- to compose something for a full symphony orchestra. How did you get started? You must have quite an interesting process when it comes to composing. It's a very interesting question. Um, There's a lot of slog, and one thing you have to know is the ranges of all the instruments. There's no point in me writing notes that instruments can't play. And as you hear the music in your head, as it sort of plops into your head, you have to think, well, what instruments would carry that tune uh, the best, and what will the brass do here? Because the brass, of course, will be drama and the bass lines, and the, the strings are infinitely variable, what they can do, aggressive 
banging away there, you know, or wonderful soaring sweet melodies. So um, I've used the harp, of course. We have a harp and we have a anglais. Fortunately, the anglais player is coming over anyway to play the famous solo in the uh, New World Symphony of Dvorak in the second half. So I've given him some work to do in mine as well. Um, and you talk about the the melodies plopping into your head. Where do they do that and what inspires you? Well, of course, this is the great secret of, of composing, isn't it? Elgar, when he was asked how he composed, he said it's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. And uh, he was quoting someone else, but that sums it up. You know how you say, hey, I've just had a great idea. Well, that's how it is when you're composing. You're sitting there thinking, what melody? And then suddenly... It comes into your head. The 99% perspiration is making the ephemeral thing you hear in your head playable on on the orchestral instruments, which are, after all, boxes of wood with horsehair stretched over them and bits of skin they bang with a stick and so on. I mean, the timpani and the violins, they are basically quite crude, but, of course, in the hands of, of our players here, they are just fabulous. The symphony orchestra is the most wonderful sound in the world. And what instrument do you compose at, if any? Because, I don't know, do you sit down to your harp and pluck out a few melodies when you're trying to bring something together? Or No, I, unlike Berlioz, who didn't use any instrument to compose and was once sitting on the headland above um, a seaport writing and was arrested by the police because they, they thought he was, uh, this was in the times of trouble in Europe, they thought he was drawing uh, military plans of the harbour. They couldn't believe he was composing without a piano. <laughs> I'm not quite as good as Berlioz, so I do need a keyboard. I don't use the harp. I use my synthesizer, and of course I've got all the latest electronic stuff. A wonderful program called Sibelius, which allows me to put in all the notes for all the orchestral instruments, print out a full score, and then just select, say, violin, and it prints out the violin part, which is fantastic. In the old days of Rossini, when he was writing the overture to the opera still in bed four hours before the first performance and everyone was pulling their hair out, he was writing the full score and throwing the papers to his copyist who took it off and had to copy out all the individual parts. Well, it's not quite like that nowadays. And I suppose the other wonderful thing with Sibelius is, I don't know, trying to imagine the sound from a full symphony orchestra. Yeah, that, that must be quite tricky. It, it plays you the music it, as it well plays in each it part. Back. I mean, it's not quite like the full symphony but you're absolutely right it does give you the textures of the oboes against the flutes and the violins uh, we are very very lucky that we can do that and get a, an impression of what it might sound like so people can look forward to hearing the premiere of this the piece. world premiere world premiere um, on the 2nd of December at the Villa Marina in the yeah. lovely well thank you very much for joining us conductor of the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra we're looking forward to your next gala concert at the Villa Marina you've got quite a few exciting things happening that night 
We have, and, uh, and uh, thank you for uh, inviting me on the show, Sarah. Um, yes, it's going to be a splendid concert in many ways, not least of because the main work is Vorjak's Symphony from the New World, one of the most popular symphonies of all time. Um, and that hasn't been performed here by us, certainly, for probably well, 10 to 15 years. So although it's a work we all know well, it's, uh, it, it's time we, it, it was performed here. Um, but the other, uh, the other two other main reasons, really, we've um, we the orchestra has commissioned a new piece of music from Charles Gard, who of course is well known to every listener, I'm sure, for many many reasons, filmmaker, a lecturer, and of course association with Manx Radio, and of course a composer. Now we asked Charles to write us a piece, uh, well, some years ago. I hope you won't mind me saying exactly how many years. Perhaps it's as well I've forgotten. It's a while. And uh, he come up with um, a work for narrator and orchestra. And um, in this he was uh, inspired by the fact that some years ago we performed together um, Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf, and Charles was the splendid narrator. It was a very happy occasion. The audience loved it. And um, from that time onwards, he was always thinking about writing something for narrator and orchestra. Um, so Charles's take on, uh, on the life of... Uh, of St. Macold is, uh, shall we say, whimsical. Um, and the music he's written for it is absolutely brilliant. It's, it's funny, it's dramatic, it's serious when it needs to be, always a little bit tongue-in-cheek. And, of course, Charles's narration has to be heard to be believed. But it's been a while in the, in the making, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, and it's wonderful to be able to present a work by a Manx composer that the orchestra has commissioned. It's something that I'm curious to know from Charles is um, how it must have felt to compose for a symphony orchestra. I mean, it's it's not a small task, but also to to learn a new piece, com- a completely new piece, where perhaps the composer is asking things of certain instruments that might not normally be asked. It's it's not something that's familiar to people. So Funny it's you uh, should yeah. mention that. Oh really? <laughs> Go on. Um, well. Obviously, we're we're still in the process of rehearsing uh, this uh, this wonderful piece, um, and um, uh, Charles did write him for one or two instruments things that were should we say a little bit tricky, and uh, but he was very gracious and offered to rewrite, um, not necessarily to simplify, but to rewrite things just so they sort of lay under the fingers, as it were, a little bit more. Um, but really, very little had to be rewritten. Um, I mean, the very first rehearsal we ever had. With Charles as narrator, we, we pretty much went through and, it, and we had a very good idea of what it would be like. I mean, the trickiest thing really is it's really up to me and Charles to keep things moving along. Um, I mustn't go too fast, otherwise he'll run out of dialogue. And I mustn't go too slow either, otherwise he'll be inventing things and telling jokes and stories to fill up the gaps. Uh, actually, I'm sure he won't. Um, but uh, So we're getting there. It's, uh, we're, we're about where we want to be in the rehearsals. And the last time we went through, uh, a week or so back, I mean, it's pretty much uh, pitch perfect. Um, and it's very interesting. I mean, Charles is a great narrator. He's a great raconteur, as we know. Um, and uh, obviously there's be a lot of flexibility. But if I get the speeds right, it's all down to me, really. If I get the speeds right, then all the dialogue will fit in. There's continuous dialogue throughout, you know, with music in the background. It doesn't sort of stop and start. It's a continuous piece. So it has its moments. I'm sure Charles will tell you more about that. I mean, that's the the highlight of the night, really. But um, 
Tell us, tell us more about the rest of the programme. What else can we look forward to at this gala concert? Well, we've got another piece, um, a very exciting piece, as it happens, that, as far as I'm aware, has never been performed um, on the Isle of Man before. And this is Schumann's Concertstück. In other words, it's a concerto for four horns and orchestra. Now, it's a very unusual piece. Um, it was unusual um, when Schumann wrote it in the 1850s. Um, because he was really writing for an experimental instrument. I mean, the French horn at one time had no valves. It was just a hunting horn, really. Um, but throughout the 19th century, various manufacturers started to try and make valves for the horn, much like modern-day trumpets and things have. Um, and uh, Schumann got to hear about this and uh, collected these four players together who had a prototype of a valve horn, which meant that he could be very, very adventurous in what he wrote, and he certainly was. I mean, the, the uh, technically, the four horn parts were extremely challenging and exhausting to play. I mean, there's only so much you can ask for from uh, a horn player's lips and uh, and his lungs, and Schumann goes well beyond that um, for all four players. So it's basically a concerto for four horns. It's a wonderful piece. If you like the music of Schumann, you'll absolutely love it. It's exciting, it's, it's sombre, and all the way through, you've got this wonderful sound of four horns in, uh, in what we hope will be perfect harmony. We've got three guest players coming from across who have played this piece a number of times and our own principal horn, Chris Weeks, is, uh, is joining the quartet. So uh, it's a first for the Isle of Man. We're very pleased to be able to present this piece. Yes, well, I can imagine you are. And it's taking place at the Villa Marina at half past two on Sunday the 2nd of December. So sort of a, a welcome into the winter season almost. Yes, um, I don't know at this stage whether we'll be playing any Christmas music. It's a little bit early. Um, I like my Christmas music to come a little bit later in December. Um, but we have an encore to decide on. I mean, encores, of course, are compulsory, as we all know. Um, so I might be able to find a Christmas or a festive piece for an encore. Um, I should mention that the programme also includes Brahms' Academic Festival Overture, which must be one of the best con concert openers um, ever written. So, uh, yes, yeah, Sunday the 2nd of December, please be there. It'll be a, a great occasion. <laughs>
Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, you may have heard on Women Today this afternoon, Christy Dehaven and Beth Espy found out more about this week's swing dancing workshop with local dance group Swing in the Isle. They were joined by dancers Grania Sheard and Natasha Brown. Now, I hear that and feel like I want to just dance, I've got to say, because it's that sort of vibe to it and that sort of just makes you want to sort of shimmy and shake. And if hearing that little piece of what, well, I class it as swing music. I hope I'm right. I might be wrong. We're about to find out in just a moment. If it made you want to move, then we've got an opportunity for you to get involved in what is essentially the island's sort of newest dance craze. Uh, we've got two people with us now. We've got Granny Shade and we've also got Natasha Brown with us and they're going to tell us more about it. Granny, was I right? Would that be the sort of music you could swing dance to? Yeah, definitely. It's quite fast, so I would recommend a Charleston. But yeah, definitely swing music. Big bands, everything. <laughs> so so you say recommend a Charleston. Let, let's get this narrowed down now that because swing dancing, it's sort of all encompassing lots of different types of dance, isn't it? So tell just just explain in your own terms what you think swing dancing is. Oh, or Natasha, Natasha, go for it. Oh gosh. Right. <laughs> um, well, we've been concentrating on Lindy Hop and Charleston, um, but there are other um, forms too that get mentioned in the book. Um, there's a book about swing. There's a dancing. book about swing dancing. Um, so we are we are concentrating on Lindy Hop and Charleston for now. Um, yeah, rather than trying to bite off more than we can chew. But it's it's kind of jive and rock and roll and blues and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. If you've if you've done jive or rock and roll in the past, um, swing is a a slightly slightly less energetic version, shall we say, <laughs> of jive um, and rock and roll. Um, but it's it's a good workout. Mm-hmm. It is. You say less energetic. I, I was in the states for a bit, and they, they used to have sort of groups of swing dancing, uh, sort of clubs and everything going on. It is extremely energetic. If you really, they, you can throw each other around and all sorts, can't you? Yeah. Okay. Do you do Definitely. any of that? No, we're not doing aerials just yet. Maybe aerials. in a year we might look at that. But makes it makes yeah. it sound like a trapeze. I know. So <laughs> I, I say it's the island's newest dance craze, but actually the the format itself has been around for some time, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's been popular for the last couple of decades, really. Um. Yeah. It's a real um, lifestyle, actually, rather than just the dance. It's got a lot more to it as well. It's got the fashion, the history, the music. I think there's a heck of a lot of appeal there for people, and it's really come back in a big way. How would you describe the fashion, Natasha? Um, Well, it's kind of described as retro, um, but anything really that appeals to people from the 1920s through to the 1950s. So people just tend to pick the style that appeals to them um, and go for it in a kind of vintage vintage way. And why has um, it taken so long for it to come to the Isle of Man then? Because it's quite popular in the UK, isn't it, I think? It mm. is. I'm not sure, actually. Um, but I'm really glad that it has sort of come here finally and um yeah i just as soon as i saw it and took part i knew i wanted to get involved and um hopefully we can grow it <laughs> and the brilliant thing about it is that if you're listening and you, you really don't have a clue but you sort of feel like you want to try it out there's actually something happening tonight isn't there mm-hmm. there is indeed there's a free taster workshop tonight um in preparation for our weekend um this weekend mm-hmm. so um yes feel free to come along to the manx legion at seven o'clock tonight if you would just like to find out what 
um, swing looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, equally, you can look on our website, swinginthe.swinginthe.isle.net, mm-hmm. and there are little snippets of videos there that will give you an idea of what swing looks like. Does it matter if you can't dance already? Not at all. Not at all. So that, yeah, that was my question, really, because some people think, oh, I haven't got enough coordination or whatever. And people who do this style of dancing always look like they're having a tremendous amount of fun. But mm-hmm. how much fun would there be if you had two left feet? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're into the, the music, if the music makes you want to dance, that's what's the most important thing is. And it is mm-hmm. a really fun um, genre of music as well like you said Christy it just made you want to bob about and start dancing <laughs> it really does and you've got some great teachers haven't you and in fact tell, tell us about what's happening this weekend because you've got some guest teachers coming over for a special yes. workshop haven't yeah. you Granny? We, um, we've got um, a two day workshop this weekend with um, guest teachers from the UK we've got Nancy and Matthew Matthew's a teacher of swing in Manchester and Nancy enters all sorts of competitions and is really brilliant so we're really really excited and lucky to have them to come over and teach us we're going to have a beginner workshop on the Saturday and then an improvers workshop on the Sunday and to sort of finish it all up um, we're going to have a big party at the end a lot of social dancing because that's a really important aspect of swing is it's a form of social dancing um, first and foremost really you get together with your friends or you meet new people through it it's brilliant do you have to wear any particular type of clothing for these taster sessions and workshops I'd say just have um, shoes that you're comfortable to dance in, you know, <laughs> not massive stilettos. Or, well, well, some people do find that comfortable to dance in, but just something that, um, you know, trainers are fine or something that you can get a bit of slip on the floor and shuffle about with. Ooh, and that things. sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you it's not. <laughs> there, is, there is an element of, because we've not really talked about the men here, but it, it's a couple's dance isn't it and there is still that element of sort of lead and follow involved in it but you were telling me something quite interesting about those that are doing the following yes um one of the the slight differences with swing um is that the follow often gets to improvise or deviate from a move um and then it's up to the lead to follow what the follow is doing and then join back in again um so um, the beauty of swing is that there's an element of improvisation. You know, once you get confident in the moves, um, so really, you know, you you can learn moves, but you can do your own jiggy dad dance, mum dance version <laughs> of things too, and that goes. Mm-hmm. That goes. It's fine. It's all about having fun, enjoying dance, and just being active. And how long have you been? doing swing I had to be really careful <laughs> about how I asked that question um, I'm actually really new to swing I, I've I've only really been dancing swing since the summer um, my dancing started out at university with ballroom um, but I've tried other styles as well I currently do Argentine tango and ballroom as well as swing um, but yeah no swing my husband calls it lazy jive which is probably not very complimentary but what he means is that it's not as fast as the jive dancing that we did as ballroom dancers um but um yeah it's it's just good fun and i've i've done salsa in the past i just i just love to dance basically oh it sounds like it would be great fun and there is that free taster session tonight remind us when and where that's happening 
It's at the Manx Legion and it's seven o'clock till eight o'clock tonight. And that's the Manx Legion here in Douglas. In Douglas, yes. Wonderful. Oh, Natasha Grania, thank you so much for popping in. It's one, again, you see, we always have to say this, don't we? We always want to try these things. Yes. I'll, I'll see how I'm, I'm feeling later. I might pop down and just have a go. Oh. But swing in the aisle is where you find out all the information. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Think, yeah. Wonderful. We can show you the basic eight step before we go. <laughs> oh, okay. There you all go, right. Beth. <laughs> Find more information and links to the appropriate websites on the Women Today blog at manxradio.com. this week join me again next wednesday at half past five but in the meantime you can listen again on demand or via our podcast which is available on the manx radio website have a lovely creative week slend you